0: Right. Start now. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know how you want to start this.
1: Oh, were you doing it? Oh, I thought you were like gonna play something, I thought you were like doing a bit.
0: Oh, no, no,
2: no, no, no. I don't know.
1: Okay, yeah, well, we can just let that weird silence hang as the beginning. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we can quickly talk about, like, you know, try to set up what this whole thing is, yeah. what the point is. Uh, well, kind of well, what we're bringing to it. First, 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 the...
0: first. How was your week? Yeah, it was
1: fine. It's Tuesday. Weekend. How was uh, your weekend? Did you do anything? Oh, outside? weekend. I did absolutely nothing. It was great. I had to use my holiday at work, so I took off Friday, and I I literally gave myself like ass sores from not moving <laughs> the entire weekend.
0: How does one treat an ass sore? Uh,
1: I just kind of flipped over. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like roll over, scratch, and then roll back.
1: No, you just you, you flip, you know. You just gotta you gotta baste it. You uh, gotta yeah. do each side for a little bit. Yeah, it's not too crazy. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, it's, it's about to be disciplined. You know, just gotta make sure you, you rotate it every couple hours.
0: Yeah, that's like uh, that's kind of like how sometimes like my if my lower back is hurting, my normal way to sleep is a little impeded. I normally sleep on my side and and occasionally on my back, um, but I kind of do this like like stork crane method where I put one foot up and, like, crotch it in my knee, in the back That's, of like, knee. really
1: common, actually, for you to do, like, the weird, like, Street Fighter flying yeah. knee thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, so that's how I normally sleep. But sometimes when my lower yeah. back hurts, that will be, it'll be a little hard to fall asleep like that, right? And so for yeah. some reason, I always have this, like, fleeting hope. Like, this, like, you know, ignoring all other anecdotal evidence I've had for my entire life whenever this happens, I always think, you know... Maybe tonight's the night I sleep on my stomach. And I turn over, and I try to sleep on my stomach, and it lasts for about maybe five minutes before I go, this is fucking awful.
1: I am the exact same way, but with sleeping on my back. I sleep on my stomach all the time. Really? And every time I'm like, oh, let's sleep on my back like a normal person. I can't do it. I'm wide awake the entire time. Really? Yeah, it's a, ne- a lot of it is that like you need the right pillow. If your pillow is too thick, when you go to sleep on your stomach, you'll just like break your
0: neck. Yeah, that's the, that's I mean that's the big problem. It's actually not. It's not the it's not the angle of the neck being pushed away from the bed thing. You know, it's not like that. It's the turn to the side thing. Like my I don't put my my face straight into the pillow right yeah dude reasons.
1: people think i'm like smothering myself right. when i say i sleep on my stomach it's like nah man 90 degrees that's right Not,
0: but it hurts my neck like i literally when i turn my neck like that to try to sleep i can't do it
1: i think that's the pillow thing like my pillow that i use is like cardboard thin almost oh really okay yeah huh yeah you know, neither here nor there anyway so
0: the, yeah so kind of yeah i don't know how that relates but that's that's my anecdote anyway back to what we're doing today
1: yeah, so the whole kind of uh, trajectory for this is exchanging music. We're going to try to do an album or an EP a week, with the idea being that I'm going to try to get you into heavy music. You're going to try to get me into kind of hip-hop, pop, rap. We can stray from that a little bit. Really doesn't need to be super hammered down, but that's just kind of based off of where we're both coming into this yep. from. So,
0: so I wanted to lay down some ground rules, and I wanted to wait till now to ask you. Okay. So I know that we picked an album already this week, but going forward, is this more funny than serious, or more serious than funny?
1: Um, I mean, we can do both. Uh, so that actually kind of segues pretty well into the main reason that I want you to kind of take this this path of getting into this music that I'm into so much. It's partly because I think that it's good music, but you know, it's super subjective. The, a lot of what i want you to get out of this is pretty selfishly i just kind of want someone to talk to about this stuff i want someone to understand the kind of weird niche references and when news will come out of like the heavy music scene i want someone to kind of understand the impact you know like recently like there's a band called oceans Eight alaska they just put out a new single and the, like the first frame of the music video reveals that their old vocalist is back and like i don't have anyone that understands how happy that made me, you right. know, because no one knows, kind of the history there. So it, it's just kind of understanding those touchstones, and then there's, I want kind of,
0: but I want history you to know. more or less. Um, <laughs> I want you to well, know that. Yeah. I want you to know that. For every time that you want to tell me something that excites you about this, like you're saying, is your goal. You will probably be required, instead of one sentence, to say it in three sentences. And what I mean is, you say. Joe Smith, I don't know what that guy's name was, Joe Smith's back. And I go, who is that? And you say, oh, the singer for Ocean's 8 Alaska. Oh, he's back? Where was he? And then you explain, oh, he was on a hiatus. Remember this album? He wasn't on that album. Now he's on this album. And I go, oh, cool. Now I'll get it. So typically, like, because I'm really bad with names, and I'm also really bad, like, with people, band members, and I'm also bad with names of bands. So... It's not that I lack enthusiasm. I just lack... Uh, oh, yeah,
1: but that's, that's still, like... Three sentences is still a much shorter path than a lot of people, okay, but just like, I, I say all that to kind of get to the point of I want you to understand, like, kind of, like, the best that this genre has to offer, and I also kind of want to throw some more fun albums in there to be like, look at this fucking mess, or look at this weird thing that this band tried that didn't work out, or even just, like, this album is garbage, but you need this album to kind of understand why... This album is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of the full the full gambit, um, and what I want to get out of it, the the reason I'm so interested in kind of getting into hip hop, getting into rap is, one I think that when you get into the niche level, the kind of underground, I would say SoundCloud, but now that's kind of blown up too much, like SoundCloud four years ago kind of thing. Like there's actually a lot of similarities I think to like the DIY side of heavy music, but. Mm-hmm. I really want to have those, like, there's so much, just so much of pop culture that I don't have a good touchstone for because I never was into that kind of music. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I just want you to kind of get me up to speed so that when, like, okay, like, I, I thought about it earlier today, like, it is pretty crazy that other than, like, 808s and Heartbreak and Graduation, all I know about Kanye West is that he's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. You know, like I really don't like like people are like, oh, Yeezus has to grow on you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like I don't have like a a tangible sense of what they're talking about. Right.
0: That that's that's not only is that true for Kanye. Like Kanye is a very good example of that. But like, if he is a extreme example of that, there is a, like a hundred of others who are kind of like a mild example of that, where, you know. There might be instead because Kanye, like you said, is known for like his insane theatrical like things that blow up on social media, right? And that you have may have seen, you know, like him going to the White House wearing a MAGA hat, you know, like uh, all these things. Yeah. Those are what people. Oh, he's out of his mind. But George W. Bush doesn't care, care about, about black, black people. people. Yeah, like those yeah. those type of things. Those are like the Kanye West version of the extremity, but. For other people, it'll be like, you know, I say, for example, you know, Justin Verne is one of, I think, one of the best artists of our time. And they're like, oh, that jangly man who made that one song I hear and, like, think it's kind of sad.
1: He did that cover of Skinny Love, right? Right, right.
0: So, like, you know, (laughs) uh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so, like, you know, it's important to get context. And so if I can give you a little context, and, and I, just as a disclaimer, I claim, I do not claim to be... Any sort of like hip hop head, you know, speaker head, any of these like type of things where I know what? all of these intricacies. Like, I am just a very, I would say, moderate to advanced fan of hip hop where I, I, I've i listened to a lot of hip hop music. Um, I know a lot of the sub themes in terms of like the, the um, kind of the bureaucracy of it. Um, I know how it generally developed, but I'm not super knowledgeable. But that's not... Yeah. I don't think you're that's, looking for me to, like, deep dive, right. so...
1: And, and that's almost kind of better, right? Because it's like I... As much as I do, like, want to... under, like, I do want to get in, like, that weird niche art house. People are doing weird, crazy stuff. A lot of it, too, is it's like I just missed out on that whole, like, wave of, like, eighth grade locker room mm. rap. You know? Like, I don't... Yeah, you know, people play, like... Like, like people will play, like, old Lil Wayne as, like, a bit, you know? He's like, oh, remember this? And I'm like, I don't... I couldn't tell you what year this came out. I have no... Mm context whatsoever you know um so tell me about like why you want to get into heavy music or what you think is is there for you on that side
0: so so it's two-pronged one the first reason and i think this is like the primary reason when i go to i'll just say diy shows i don't want to say punk i don't want to say hardcore metal anything any of these any of these heavy music diy shows
1: any show where the band is on the same elevation as the crowd. yeah,
0: Those are, like, electric to me, right? And I feel like I like those more than the big names, right? So l- let me give you an example. So when we went to that Park Street saloon, um, I believe it was Phineas and Fit for a King. Was that right?
1: Yeah, it was Phineas, like of Flames, yeah. um, and it was a yeah. dual headliner with Fit for yeah. a King and In Heart's Wake.
0: That was electric to me, right? And I, you didn't even know
1: the fucking bands yeah, at that point, point. and I didn't. Yeah. yeah, but
0: that was electric. But then I go to shows like that Parkway Drive show we went to, and the yeah. and <laughs> and, the, and the um a Data Remember show that was outside where we were like way in the back, and those aren't really like very electric for me, right? Right. And when I say electric, I mean
1: it, um, crowd it, euphoria. Yeah, crowd
0: euphoria. Here's here's a good metric that I use to just gauge it myself. I forget about the impulse to look at my phone during the concert. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, so, and maybe that's a flawed metric, but who cares? Um, <coughs> so, when I'm at those smaller shows, like like you said, I didn't know any of those bands. I've heard of uh, A Day to Remember, and by, this, by now, just because of our geographic location and you guys, I've heard of Knock It Loose, right? It almost seemed right. like... What I know now of the heavy music scene are all these, like, big names, right? But then when I go to these shows that are more of these big names, you know, like they're at U.S. Bank Arena or, like, at, you know, the what was the place in Indy called? Uh, The Egyptian Room. The Egyptian Room or, like, uh, Express Live in Columbus. Like, I don't feel as, like, like I said, electric as when I go to these smaller venues. And so I'm like, okay, well, obviously I need to sink more in – because there's there is left untapped the things that I the the artists and bands that I think I would enjoy seeing the most especially I mean it's it's kind of hard right now as you know this is the, the the weird mantra and like the the thing that's exhausted ad nauseum but like you know especially in the times right now during the pandemic you can't go to a concert but coming right. out of it yeah. if I can kind of tap into those bands that I previously didn't ever hear of and wouldn't have ever heard of, but I'm like, that show is going to be electric. When they, when they, for the first time after like months, announce on Twitter that they're having a small show at a bar, like that is something I would really want to seek out, you know? Um, So like the, um, the, the bands that I've liked the most is like, is the ones that I've found just by like happenstance. You know, like I like they're like suggested to me either by Spotify and I didn't go looking for them or like you mentioned them to me, all this type of stuff. Like the plot in you, I didn't I would not have gotten into if in, unless I had gone to those other shows where they were opening, you know?
1: Yeah. So yeah, for sure.
0: Um, and, I, and, I, and I also think it gives more credence to the artist. Like I, it, I don't know why, but the small there's this weird complex that I perceive that is the smaller the band the more I can identify with the members, right? They don't seem as ethereal. They don't seem as like, as a celebrity. They seem like if I message them on Twitter and said like, Hey, want to play call of duty zombies? There's a good fucking chance they go. Sure.
2: You
1: yeah. Know and I mean? like, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Like you have pretty good chances. If you go to one of those shows, if you get up on stage and you're like, Hey, do you want to sleep at my house? <laughs> right. Cause you're in a van right now. They're like, yeah, probably.
0: Right. Um, so, I guess I'll turn that. that, That's my answer, Um, and you know I haven't really thought entirely through that, but that's just off the cuff what I'm feeling. Um, I want to turn it on you though and ask you why do you want to get into hip hop?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, it's all like the, the kind of like the pop culture reference stuff. I feel like a lot of, like, pop music is now at the point where it's a genre. But I mean, if you were to look at like the popular music, I think it's almost entirely hip hop or rap. Or heavily drawing from hip hop or rap, you know, like
0: or featuring artists from that genre,
1: right? But I mean, like even like stuff that is well and truly pop music is pulling from either like the kind of sad boy rap stuff that's picking up now, or just like literally has eight oh eights or trap beats. Yeah. So there's just a lot in that realm that I don't have a lot of reference for, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, and 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 as I'm starting to get more into it, there are a lot of things I am liking about it Mm -hmm. i've always liked some of it but i never really like sought out specific artists or i'd like a song and didn't have the drive to like listen to a full album Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i'm trying to get out of it on on my end but
0: i i've i I want to maintain and i well i want to say two things and i think i will maintain something i've said in in the past i think what you personally get out of like a very like gnarly breakdown in a heavy song, like a heavy music song, whether it be hardcore or metalcore, or whatever. You could touch on that nerve with things in hip hop. Yeah, I mean obviously they don't have breakdowns, you know, and there's not like gent in hip hop, but there's things in that that would kind of hit on that same interest. So Yeah.
1: I'm I'm almost more interested in, in the opposite though, you know, because really? it's like I've, yeah, I listen to stuff like, uh, you know, I listen to like City Morgue or Scar Lord, and I like that kind of stuff, but it's like, it's it's almost Uncanny Valley where it's like I'd rather just listen to fucking heavy music at that point, you know? Yeah, like, yeah it's
0: kind of like the, the rock or the the rap country type thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. Th- yeah. Where it's and, like and if it's like you try to, try to make like a,
0: a, a, f- there's not a lot of artists that can really fuse it together well.
1: Right. right. Yeah. So I'm more interested in like people who like hip-hop and have only ever listened to hip-hop I I want to listen to it and like the stuff about it that they like
0: about it um so so yeah but so second second thing I wanted to say was I anticipate that you will not I don't think you will be like a a a chart follower meaning I don't think you're gonna go on Spotify and be a avid listener of rap caviar on a week-to-week basis where it's like a rotating list of like popular songs that are like popular right now. What I anticipate is you will get, you will get enjoyment out of the same thing that you get enjoyment out of heavy music, where like you said, it's like those DIY shows where there's a band you haven't heard of, or there's like, they're a small band, like you said, like living in a van and like they're, you know, you follow them on Twitter and you like the guys type of thing. Like these smaller bands that add a very specific thing and don't get a lot of like notoriety. I think you'll find that in hip hop too, where there are, there are literally millions of artists around the world that are, like, low-key and they're not, uh, you know, they, they don't get on the charts, they don't have record deals, all this stuff, but I feel like you'll be like, this guy is awesome, and, you know, he, you know, I don't know, I, I feel like you have, like, a bit of, like, a, uh, a underdog complex in a sense. Maybe, maybe that's a little too harsh, but, like, you kind of like the, the more low-key people. And you like following them for their particular story because it helps you identify with them. And I think you'll find that in hip hop too.
1: Yeah, no, definitely like, yeah, that, that, that's the goal for sure. Right. So tell me why you picked Busta Rhymes Extinction Level Event 2, yeah. The
0: Wrath of God. Yeah. So this is, this is the first one that we did. And so there's, there's two reasons. First and foremost reason, when you asked me to do it, it was the album that I listened to that day.
1: Yeah, um, and what's—I don't know if you realize this—the album you picked and the album that I picked for you, which is a uh, post-human survival horror, the new EP from Bring Me the Horizon, that uh, came out the same day. Really? Yeah, didn't even think that's, about
0: that. That's extreme coincidence. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of that's poetic in a way. Um, the reason, the other reason why I think I can justify picking it is because it's not going to be one of those things where you know you're likely to hear it on the radio or on one of these playlists. Like, there's. To me, there's no reason for you to have listened to this album, right? Um, this is um, like particularly Busta Rhymes is a well, like established person. Everybody knows who it is. Um, but everybody, like I said earlier, kind of with the like the the Boney Vera thing or like the the Kanye West thing. Everybody knows him. Everybody like who generally just follows pop music. Knows him from that song with Chris Brown. Look at me Right. 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 But to call that even, like, a taste of what he does or what his music is about or, like, what he's like as a creative person is, like, almost criminal, right? While that that verse is good on that song and kind of, you know, cool, and it definitely jettisoned his career in a direction that was, like, to to more fame and money and stuff like that and probably –
1: that that feature on that Chris Brown song, to me, feels almost like a feature in a heavy music song. And and what I mean by that is, like, I feel like a lot of times with hip-hop features, it, it feels almost like it's not even a feature. It feels mm-hmm. like the two people just came together and they made a track from, from start to finish, right. you know? Right. Like, you look at, um I don't even remember the name of it, but uh, Lil Pump and Kanye had that song right. that came out a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah. Um...
0: The one that was like, the, when they were in the boxes, walking down the hall. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: right. But that feels like they just, the two of them just made the song, right, you know? Right. Whereas, that Buster Rhymes feature, it feels very similar to a heavy music feature to me, which is like, we have a song, we have a gap in the song that we need to fill, let's get a recognizable name to just do the most extreme version of what they're known for. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. so it's like, Buster Rhymes raps fast. We're going to get him in this section. He's going to rap the fastest he can, and he's going to leave, and that'll be it. Right. Um, Which is like, you know, in heavy music where it's like, we have a gap. Let's just get someone with an insane, like, you know, you know some, some ridiculous voice. They're just going to do it for 20 seconds and then dip.
2: Right.
0: An- another reason I wanted to do it, um, and this is kind of what I thought. Th- I thought of this um, kind of after when I was thinking about it. Originally, you asked me, what should I listen to? And I was like, listen to that album I just listen to. But then I was thinking about what the, the things I would talk about it, and what I realized was, to a lot of people that are not into the what is popular, so like pop music, trap right now, right? Like people who feel as though when they are listening to rap music because they're not very much into it, they don't. It's not in their interest. Trap music can sound very, very similar, whether it be the eight hundred eights, whether it be it's the actual triplet flow the thing. triplet flow or or even the timbre. Um, yeah, is. To people who don't have like, you know, I'm not saying that I'm a, you know, snob, but like don't have any sort of refined ear to hearing trap music and don't know a lot of the nuance. It sounds all the same. And so what I was thinking about with this is, you know, a Busta Rhymes album coming out in 2020 is probably the farthest away from all of those things, like the sound, the timbre, from what you hear from like the Migos right now. And, yeah, um, and so I thought yeah, that would it, be good. It, yeah, no, for
1: sure. Um, I'll, I'll kind of talk about this because I, I think it makes sense for us to just kind of dive into this one, yeah. and then I'll, I'll we'll jump back and do the one that I recommended. But th- there's a lot of weird similarity between this and the *Brume the Horizon* album that I picked out, mm-hmm. a- as far as like context to this idea that we're doing for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of kept kept creeping up, but yeah, yeah can, it's definitely one of the things I noticed. It, it definitely does it. Not to not to harp, but it yeah. definitely feels like it could have come out a couple years after the first extinction level event, mm-hmm. you know, which came out in the right. '90s or something. It doesn't feel very 2000s, right? Uh, which is fine, but Buster Rhymes to me kind of strikes, and it's hilarious because he even has the line in there about Metallica in one of the songs. But it feels like Metallica, where it's like huge name has more money than he needs, doesn't need to make music anymore, show up once a decade, do the thing you know how to do. Half of it's gonna be garbage you probably could have cut out, but the rest of it's gonna be great. Right. And then you can disappear for another decade.
0: Right. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um You know and it's 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 I I find Buster Rhymes is one of those people where it is you go to his if you go to his page on Spotify you know you're going to get – like, if you like what he puts out and you like his sound and you like his style, a lot of it is going to be enjoyable, right? Not that not to say that he doesn't, you know, do creative things and, like, find new flows and, like, all these type of things, but, like, there is ines- there is an inescapable quality to Busta Rhymes that if you hate it, there is nothing there for you. You know what I mean? Um, and- oh, yeah. there's a, I
1: mean, that's a very common thing, you know, for – artists to just do something so well that it's either you know it's either what you're looking for and it's the the most refined perfect version of it or it's like it's not for you
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so it it was it was also a kind of a litmus test in a way of like maybe a zero or one where if you come away and i and i haven't asked your opinion on the on the album yet but if you come away from listening to that as like that is not what i'm looking for that that was i'm not into the lyrical rap thing i'm not into the bombastic like theatrical um kind of like skit weird you know uh featuring thing and i'm just looking for more like uh you know uh standard maybe like trap music or standard like hip-hop maybe even like r&b like i i think doing a zero or one on this one could help me decide where to go next for my next rec- next recommendation.
1: Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of things in that, that bring me record that I I'll bring up when we get to it that are very much like specific moments I can dial in on and be like, yes or no. Cause it's going to tell me uh, a lot, you know? Right. Um, anything else you wanted to, 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 kind of bring up to set it up or do you want to start going no, in? Like, uh, we can do track by track or we can do however you want, but, um,
0: yeah, let, let's just let's just jump into it. Um, let let's uh, let's cover the Bring Me the Horizon album first.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, we can do that. So I picked this album very much the same reason that you did. It came out recently. I thought it was sick, so I was like, you should check it out. Um, you know, it's very short and sweet. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, it it has kind of a lot of different influence. These are kind of more the things I realized after I picked it that are. <laughs> A why it's good for this kind of first week sort of first album thing and and B why I think it's surprisingly a pretty good pairing for this Buster Rhymes album. Mm-hmm. The the first thing is that it's it's kind of this this glorious triumphant return to form without being that. It's pulling together so many different things from their entire career into this like it, it really is more than the sum of its parts in a way that I think Anyone who hasn't heard Bring Me the Horizon can get a lot of enjoyment out of this album. But there's a lot of very specific things that are are just left as like breadcrumbs or Easter eggs or just blatant, you know, fan service for people who have been with the band for so
0: long. Those are probably things I missed, so I'll need those.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, there's a moment in the second track, Parasite Eve, mm-hmm. where there's kind of a little break and the mosh call is just the word move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a reference to their first album, like really? specifically, like the del- yeah, right, like the delivery on that is like a reference to uh, something off of Suicide Season, second album, I think. Oh, the, the point is, yeah, there's there's a lot of things there. Huh. They kind of pull together. So, actually, moving forward, what I want to do with this kind of heavy music journey is, if I can give you the context retroactively mm-hmm. to like understand how insane this album is. Mm-hmm. Then I think that's a pretty good success. If I can get you to, uh, you know, if I can take you through the journey of Bring Me the Horizon and lead back to this album, I think that would be a pretty tremendous thing. Because mm. okay. you not only have to kind of understand it, at least like their last three or four albums, you have to understand just how influential those albums were. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of called out the plot in you earlier. That album they put out two or three years ago, mm-hmm. Dispose, is fantastic, but it's very heavily pulling from SEMP Eternal, which Mm -hmm. Bring Me The Horizon put out in 2013. Right. I mean, they have really been on the forefront Mm -hmm. for a lot of the major shifts. I mean, one of the biggest things you hear people complain about with heavy bands is, like, they reach a certain level of popularity and then they kind of sell out or change their sound and they start playing towards just, like, the serious XM octane, like, rock crowd. Mm -hmm. And Bring Me The Horizon did that first. 2014, 2015, they had already kind of been on that train, mm-hmm. a full three or four years early. So I think starting with Bringing the Horizon is, is great for that reason. I think it'll kind of set up a lot of things, uh, for the podcast. But specifically this album, I, I think that it has a lot of variation while still having a lot of genuine heavy moments that can kind of serve as a, you know, litmus test, serve as kind of an indication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing I really like about it for kind of doing this recommendation thing is that it has a lot of features. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, not super big names, but, you know, they, they're collaborating with people that are pretty well and truly outside of that realm. Mm-hmm. They're not just getting other heavy musicians on there. They got features with Youngblood, Metal, Nova Twins, uh, and Amy Lee mm-hmm. from Evanescence. So mm-hmm. there's a lot there, kind of a lot to unpack, but it's just super nicely cut down to 30 minutes in and out i think just about every track succeeds at what it's trying to do um, and there's also a lot of weird parallels that i've kind of started to notice that that, that Buster rhymes thing that we can talk about when we get to that album but tell me your, your overall thought so
2: okay
0: it first i'll just say you know the i'll go through it as a listening experience for me because that's all i can really i don't know a lot of the context I'll just say, you know, I, I turn this this album on, and this is kind of my my ride, so to speak. So it immediately, and, I, and I've heard a little bit of "Bring Me the Horizon" before. I really like some of the stuff off of Sep Eternal. Um And then I remember the criticism you had for the one that they was it the most recent they did, or maybe the second most recent before this one. Um,
1: um, so the one they put out before this was Amo which I very much so liked. The one before that was That's the Spirit, which I'm not that's, crazy that's, about. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that was the one I I had heard, um, and I I had heard your like kind of dissent about it, but only only passively. Um, and I remember what that kind of sounded like. So I didn't know if like their new stuff was more like, you know, kind of being inf- influenced by trap music and like the the pop culture and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I didn't know if I was in the first song going to hear 808s or if I was going to hear you know, I didn't know. So, Dear Diary opens heavy. Heavier than I expected, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: it's heavy and it's it's fast. Right. Which is, I mean, you know, I, I think that if you're going to try to mix heavy music with, like, a hip-hop influence, like, you try to go, like, low and mm-hmm. slow, right. really play into that downturn thing. But, no, I mean, it's, it's picking up, right. you know? There's blast beats in that song.
0: Yeah, and I was like, I feel like I should be on a treadmill right now. This is, okay, all right. And so that was that was pretty good but i I was a little like the one criticism i'll give about dear diary is i i just some of the lyrics like took me out of it and i don't know if yeah like you know this might be like personal choice but specifically the one that like i think is pretty bad is the quote god is a shithead and we're his rejects like i just was like "Eh." you know like I, i just felt like that was kind of like like a like kind of like a Edgy yeah, no, there's definitely
1: th- yeah, there's there's some some 14-year-old atheist type shit throughout Broom of the Horizons right. lyrics, but something that's interesting to note is that this album was largely written in quarantine. Okay. And recorded in quarantine. Right. Some of the songs were pre-existing um and then had to either be like changed to fit the theme mm-hmm. of writing it in quarantine or actually changed cuz they were kind of insensitive with the context of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you look at the dear diary lyrics, it's kind of presenting the lockdown and being shut in your house, but mm-hmm. it's, um, allegorically described as like a zombie pandemic. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but like the, yeah, the God is a shit headlines. Uh, hilarious. Right.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> um, So, so it was more. It was I was tuning out the vocals and more just feeling that, like you said, those blast beats, the faster, like unexpected kick in the ass that I was, like I was definitely not expecting at the beginning of the album. Um, Moved into Parasite Eve, and I could immediately tell that that was like the standout single. Because yeah, because that was
1: the that was the lead single for sure.
0: Because I was like, this song, whether I don't know if it was like the production was like a little bit like better or more refined or something, but it just has a sound to it, like I was like, okay, this is gonna be the strong one that is gonna be most palatable, and maybe that's the reason I liked it so much is because this song was maybe the single because it was most palatable for people that weren't you know attuned to all of the nuance, and so that's why it was the single and you know why it was kind of promoted, I guess. But I like that one a lot. It sounded great. The like. I just I, I was I the lyrics were not as um as off-putting or like they 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 weren't distracting. It wasn't it wasn't so much that the the first song was like off-putting in any way, but the 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 God is a shit headline was distracting from, you know, things. Yeah,
1: and it um it happens to hit at a moment in the chorus where you can like really make out what he's saying. Right,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I think I think that <sighs> I, I think that the, the chorus was more, um, like, I guess maybe longer, or at least, like, lasted longer. So I, I felt like it could really get into a rhythm and why it was good, for, like, to be a single. And so that's, that's I like Parasite Eve. Um, I think my attention kind of dropped down when I was listening to Teardrops, the next song, just a little bit. Like, I think it was probably just the effect of following the, uh, the, The single and like a song that I very much like. The next song I just like kind of wasn't as into.
1: Yeah, and and "Teardrops" is a little bit more verse-chorus standard format, Mm -hmm. so I can see that.
0: Um, The next song I was very interested in, and while I'm looking, I'm looking on Genius, kind of just like looking over the lyrics as as I'm speaking as like a guide. It's interesting because this song is one of the lowest ones in terms of. They have a little icon here for the view, the eyeball view count thing. So it's like how many yeah. people have like looked up the lyrics to the song, I suppose. It's yeah. one of the lower ones. Well, it, I would say that it's it's in the upper half, but at the bottom of the upper half. So
1: it's the lowest single. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so it, it, what was interesting was that was one of the major features I would say for t- in terms of like making it palatable for the alternative audience in general, broadly. Youngblood yeah. feature is, like, one of the most, like, I would think going to be the standalone, you know? Um, yeah. And it these analytics are showing that it's not, but I think when I listened to it, I liked it personally. I like Youngblood. I like the work that he's done with MGK. I've liked just his, like, some of the more, he's kind of from that era or, like, the, the post-SoundCloud era of rap and, like, alternative yeah. rap and kind of, like, that blending and, like, you know, he's just he—he's one of the. Yeah, I mean, he was on he
1: was on warp tour before it started,
0: before it stopped. I didn't know that,
1: and so like. Yeah, he did. A, he did a full warp tour run. I think uh, the last year or the second to last year.
0: Mm-hmm. So I I like him, and so I paid um, I paid especially um, uh I paid special attention to this one, um. But it's interesting because I think this is the song for me, and maybe maybe this is like naive of me or maybe I just wasn't as observant, but this is the song for me where i real like I really realized that this album was more political than I thought it would be, and more like um yeah like a, more yeah, of it's... a commentary album and so I got that yeah in which the... is
1: which is very much so new ground for bring me they have been very firmly. Like an introspective band lyrically up until this point.
2: Okay.
0: Um, you know, I mean, and in its om- I, I guess I didn't realize that I wouldn't have to look far for the the references. You know what I mean? Um, yeah,
1: man. When when heavy music goes political, it does not mince words. Right.
0: Like, I, I just the the standalone line that I thought was very cool was part of the chorus that Ollie sings, and that's "Don't just wake up and smell the corruption." I like that line. I thought it was pretty good because yeah, it's a play o- on, obey
1: whatever you do. Yeah. Just don't wake up and smell the corruption. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So that was, it's like a play on, it's a play on words on the idiom, you know? Um, yeah. And I, and I like that. So, um, and then I think I had the same thing of like the next two songs. Um, Itch for the cure. I didn't really, you know, I just liked it less because I had like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's the interlude. Yeah,
0: and so, like, eh, you know, um, it just kind of... That, like, when I'm thinking back to my listening experience, I'm not going back to that song. That makes right. Sense. Next one... Except sorry,
1: maybe God. as, like, a lead into King Kingslayer, I'll go back to that song.
0: Yeah. Um, so here's... Yeah,
1: Kingslayer's King a lot. There's a lot going on with Kingslayer. Here's
0: Slayer. where I think I'll lose you. I think. And I think I'll lose maybe a lot of people. I don't know. I don't like baby metal.
1: Oh, I fucking hate baby metal, okay. but I love that feature okay. so much.
0: It maybe maybe I'm just being a little hard-headed, but like when I go into this song and I and I'm and I'm I think I'm going into it with a bias of like oh god, like this is not what I, you know. So it was it doesn't I didn't think it sounded entirely similar to like all the other stuff that baby metal put out. But well, like, a lot of
1: it's I mean, th- their feature on this song is like half in English.
0: Right. Yeah in and, and half in Japanese.
1: Right. Yeah. Whereas I think almost all of their stuff is in I I'm, I'm not even gonna comment on that because then I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it wrong, but I, I thought a lot of baby metal stuff was in Japanese only. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a it's a wild feature.
0: Right. And and I think I think let me let me put it this way. For me, this isn't a song off the album that I would say that I like the most um but I recognize that it's like important to the album, like a big deal, you know, for not only for the fan base, but also like for the fans of baby metal who are listening to this album and also the fans of heavy music in general and fans of bring me the horizon. I get why this is like a monumental feature. Um, And it's a
1: weird fucking crossover. And I I think that they did it the best that they could have. And I don't know. I I think that they, it really let them lean into the weirdness. Mm It's definitely the most the most bizarre track on the album, and it's my favorite for it. Um, But it's definitely, I think it's asking the most out of any of the songs on here.
0: Yeah, and it kind of got back into that like kind of weird thing I didn't like of um, like the child like I I don't want to say childish, but kind of like the choppy like the the this is what you'll fucking get you motherfucking shit like that just isn't yeah. That's not what I like. I like, you know, <laughs> like that that type of lyricism. But like, oh, I like, yeah, get it. Yeah. Th- like, bring me the horizon. Like you said, for all the reasons before. Plus, baby metal bringing together like the teen angst. I get it. I appreciate it. I just don't like it.
1: Oh if yeah. I sense. mean, and and it, it's hard to be subtle when it's like it's a very overtly social commentary album. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a song that's you know called King Slayer, mm-hmm. which, while being probably the most abstract, is dealing with, like, the most kind of uh, overtly rebellious subject matter, mm-hmm. I'll put it that way, yeah. you know? I mean, like, it is jovial, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, he took the title from, like, being Kingslayer in, in Call of Duty, but it's still, like, if you watch interviews, like, you know, he's talking about having the will to, like, actively rebel against the corrupt system, even if what you're doing is technically illegal. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know that that level of subtlety made it to the lyrics. Mm. I don't know that it should have, you know? I mean, I I do think that at the end of the day, they wanted to keep it relatively uh, light, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with baby metal on there. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a fair criticism with the the subtlety aspect of the lyrics.
0: Um, The next song, is it one by one, one times one?
1: I would assume one by one. one.
0: Um, I I was curious about the song because I don't know who Nova Twins is. I didn't going I also into this. did not. So I didn't really. I didn't know if I was missing something about like you know like I get why a baby metal feature is important. I get why a young blood feature is important, and I get why um, the Amy Lee feature is important. But I didn't know who Nova Twins was. So I didn't know if I was missing something. But
1: yeah, th- I mean that's that's the feature on the album that's going kind of the other direction, mm-hmm. um, where that's that's bring me kind of taking a band. Like that is the feature that is getting the feature exposure rather than right. the other way around.
2: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like granted,
1: Bring Me the Horizon is much bigger than Baby Metal on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Like that song's gonna do insane things for Bring Me in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right, completely. Uh, but you
1: know that that was that was very much like Bring Me the Horizon just being fans of the Nova Twins.
0: Okay. Okay. So, you know, that was kind of, like, a forgettable song for me. I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but, you know. Um,
1: uh, that one's the most, like, overtly Linkin Park. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. Um, next one was debatably my favorite. Luddins yeah. or Luden's? I don't know how you say it. Luden's. Luden's. That one was my favorite, I think. Um, either that or the, the single, which is kind of, you know, but... It, the one that wasn't a single that I, that I liked.
1: That was actually, um, that was a single from the end of last year. Mm. They released that song for the death stranding, soundtrack.
0: Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I really liked how, like, it seemed like a happy medium of like being heavy handed with the political stuff, but also being lyrical and being like poetic, you know? Yeah. Um, and also like, making good music you know um like saying let me let me find the line here um it, like the, the whole chorus is like we uh i need a new leader right like we need change essentially was what i, I got from the song um, yeah yeah and we're you know uh stuck in a loop for eternity like was in the pre-chorus um and i and i kind of like these type of like ethereal things and then and then the chorus later you know the the repetition of a new loot and a new loot and yeah like that's all like kind of um le- leading especially leading into the breakdown like that was like kind of you know kind of get up and dance type shit that i like about um bring me the horizon if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: um so that that one i liked a lot um oh and I, oh there was there's was one note i made about this song uh in when I'm look when I was looking at the lyrics on uh, Genius, they have a sidebar that's a, uh, you know, a quote from Ollie Sykes, and you know he, he's talking about, um, like the the context of the song and you know how they wrote it and everything like that, um. But I just I just want to um, to note that he he says that he had to write this song in five days. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Oh, yeah. And he said he, has to, he had to write it with five, in five days. And, you know, it, it, and there's a quote from it that I think is the most, like, overtly British thing I've ever heard. And it, it says, quote, and I'm, he's, he has a quote in this as well. So he says, we were like, quote, oh, fuck it. Let's have a go then. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and, then he, and then he says, uh, we set up a studio and hotel rooms every day and churned out the song. It was fucking mental. You know, and so I'm. Um, I just that's that's yeah. a little piece that like I I just got a kick out of when I was like reviewing Dude, the song.
1: Yeah, Ollie Sykes is. <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect. His interviews are always hilarious. Because yeah. he just. He's just so deadpan mm-hmm. all the time, and he always says the craziest shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He always he always says stuff that like you would think he'd be really like emoting in the interview, and he's always so deadpan. Yeah. It cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> I, he, I, right. think he's,
0: I think he's a, uh, a likeable guy, in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah, no, he's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: and so you know, he kind of like a, a having like a in you know to quote the British lexicon here, like a cheeky front man is always something that I, I kind of like having. Someone yeah, who's very, you know, you know, you know. back
1: in the day, he he got him a lot of uh, a lot of traction because he was the the original like raw XD cutie boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was had the swoopy hair and. Yeah. All the girls, all the girls liked him, and all the all the dudes liked him. You know, it, Ollie is is definitely pretty instrumental to that band. No dis you know, no discredit to the rest of the members, but it, I I do think that there's a lot to be said about a frontman that is that charismatic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what about this uh, this weird fucking opera at the end?
0: Yeah. So so let me just for the sake of the <coughs> what we're doing here. Let me let me read out the title. One day, the only butterflies left will be in your chest as you march towards your death, featuring Amy Lee, who is like you said the singer from Evanescence. Yes. Um.
1: First, there thing, is a lot here and not a whole lot here all at once. Right.
0: So, going into the song the one what i wanted out of the song was to feel good because i used to as a kid like as a kid kid used to listen to evanescence right and like cuz my mom liked them and so like the bring me to life i thought was an amazing song as like a i don't know like a 6 or 7 year old or whatever whenever it came out yeah um and so i wanted to go in and hear her voice and be reminded of evanescence and kind of feel the edgy heartbroken um you know type of thing and I, and I want that's what I wanted
1: and that is not what you got no, no.
0: It, I got a lot I got a lot more confused than that um,
1: yeah it's a it's a strange one
0: but uh, I you know what I, I liked it I I think I liked it all in all um
1: yeah I think it's good I, I think it's a pretty remarkable achievement that they were able to do this mmm Put it on the album that they did, and have it have it flow relatively well. Yeah, like have well. it meld
0: because this is not. I yeah. This is not like at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very.
1: If you haven't heard the track, it's a very like operatic. It really feels like it should be performed on a stage, mm-hmm. like a traditional stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's got this back and forth with Amy Lee and Ollie Sykes, and they kind of come together for the final chorus and. I like the song a lot. I don't go back to listen to it that much, just with it being the album closer on an already short EP. Yeah. I think that it could work very well at the end of a longer album or if this was kind of in the middle. But for me, like, I finished Luden's, and I don't have a lot of drive to kind of get through this one.
0: It it So <clears throat> since we're making the comparisons to hip-hop, especially because I, I feel like you have some in store, Comparisons between the, the Busta Rhymes album and this album. I wanted to mention how on hip-hop albums, especially Busta Rhymes, people like Eminem, people like Kendrick Lamar, um, Logic, these are the people that come to mind. They make these like kind of skits, kind of these like avant-garde, weird things that yeah, they just yeah. like, throw um, into I'm one of, thinking
2: of I'm, I'm thinking
1: of uh, For Free and For Sale off of DePempo Butterfly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. it's one of those things where you listen to it and you go, that was really cool and creative. But then you don't listen to it again. But, yeah. I, but I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think my opinion of the artist is made worse from having listened to it. Oh, no, definitely not. And I mean, I think that's. I don't think the album's made worse for having it on it. Um, right. right, yeah. So I, I really like the, you know, just because I'm kind of like a necrotic motherfucker. Like, I really liked the diction and the word choice, in the, especially in the chorus at the end. You did know? you mean
1: to say neurotic? What did I say? You said necrotic. No,
0: no, necrotic. No, I meant to say necrotic like I'm talking isn't necrotic
1: isn't necrotic like rotting flesh? Yes.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I mean. And
2: I, <laughs> yes, that's okay. what I mean. No, it, no,
0: in it's it's this diction at the end the last chorus where it says, you know, when your skin starts to peel from the bone. You know, sinking your yeah. fangs. Like all of these like kind of like dark things. I like those. I like that. Um yeah. And that so, it's um, um it's
1: definitely I don't want to say subject matter wise cuz it's really not talking about anything that outlandish but like a lot of the imagery is is definitely farther into I don't want to say I don't, know, I don't I don't but a lot of the imagery is definitely not what you would expect from Amy Lee and it's definitely going to be I would say off-putting for a lot of like Evanescence fans.
2: Yeah.
1: It's so I don't know that, that yeah that definitely is interesting right that the, the the imagery that they're kind of conjuring with a lot of the the lyrics that they chose to use,
0: um, and so I don't know. Really interesting, interesting choice to put at the end of the album, um, but I, I suppose it closes out the album in a way. Um, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I I, I kind of I liked it for being for it being a little little wacky. You know, little, you know, little. Cur- yeah. I mean, it's, it's
1: the it's the one that stands out for being a curveball on an album full of curveballs.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's that's my take. And, you know, I I would rate this album. I, I wanted to give a number to if that's, a, you know, pull off of the Anthony Fantano type thing.
1: Okay. I know what I know what score he gave both of these albums, so I'll, I'll Oh keep I that have locked. no
0: idea the score he gave either of them because I don't watch him.
1: I I looked up this review and then I I was gonna watch the one for the Buster Rhymes album, but I decided not to because I didn't want it to influence my opinion, but okay. he puts the score in the description, so you know. Whatever. Okay.
0: In my opinion, I put this at a six two. Like a six point two?
1: Yeah. Can't just say six. <laughs> well,
0: do, well, doesn't he do the point twos?
1: No. What? I thought
0: he does. I thought he does like one decimal, like a like a five. No. Oh. No. Maybe I'm mel- Maybe I'm melding that with the uh, the barstool pizza review.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't watch either, so I don't fucking know. Okay,
0: I'll give it a six. How about that?
1: Okay. I mean, yeah, I think a six is fair. I think I think a six is definitely higher than I was expecting mm-hmm. for not having the context and and not having the. Uh, the history with, mm-hmm. with Bring Me, like this thing, I mean, th- this thing just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Having like kind of the full weight behind it, mm-hmm.
0: Could you, I mean, you and know, I, even
1: e- even I, I don't have that much of a history with Bring Me. I've only, I, I, I only relatively recently dug into like their back catalog. But I mean, this thing was on repeat for a week or two at least, and I still go back to it once every couple days. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the standout releases for the whole year mm. for me at least.
0: Like I said, if, um, if I'm having absolutely neutral at a 5, you know. Um, oh yeah, no, I mean I'm not I'm not, not artificially to... inflated the scores. Oh yeah, I, would no, I say... think 6 is yeah. is fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah, I would I do I have confidence that if Bring Me The Horizon releases another album, would I be willing to listen to it? Absolutely. You
2: know, yeah. Not... And the
0: thing that you
1: pointed out, you actually um and I don't want to I don't want to just burn through Bring Me The Horizon one mm-hmm. after another, but I'd like to kind of give you some more, some more litmus tests, some more context, and kind of spoon feed to bring me back in. But I do think that you're gonna, when we when we get back around to Amo and get back around to sempiternal, I think there's gonna be a lot there that you'll enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, I, I would, you know, it'd be interesting because I've listened to a good amount of sempiternal. Is it sempiternal or sempiternal? Sempiternal. Sempiternal. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Eternal simp. <laughs> No, um, I would love to go back to that album after getting some more context and giving getting a, almost like a more robust uh, view.
1: Yeah, I mean, trying to, I mean, if I can give you the context to understand like the atomic bomb that went off when that album came out and like the rippling effect that it had, then I think that that would be because mm-hmm. it's already catchy. From what I've heard yeah. from
0: that album, it's already catchy. I like it. Yeah, without any yeah. context, so I, I yeah. think my, I will have a newfound love for it. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to try but hey, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into this behemoth.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is quite different, and I will also say I don't know to a great, like, I don't know to the extent the context of this album to the extent that you knew the context of Bringing the
2: Horizons album. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I fret that our conversation on this one is going to be a little bit shorter, a little mm-hmm. bit more condensed, which I think is fine. Um, yeah, you kind of mentioned the comment about the context, and then... I listened to this album. I think I got through it two or three times. I, I got through it at least twice, and then I think I did the songs that I liked the most. I did a third pass and kind of skipped a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I listened to it in chunks, and I don't know that I can really pick out a lot of the individual songs. Um, I'll, I'll try to remember the ones that stood out the most. but
0: Okay. Um, so first and foremost i want to ask you about this album what do you what did you think about the like the the vibe that this puts off like when it it drops in with like some pretty extreme samples and some and first of all i mean a common theme throughout the album is the the almost like the chris rock being the master of ceremonies almost kind of thing
1: yeah, which I thought was the funniest shit of all time. Yeah,
0: okay. So I, I didn't know if you would like that or not. I know you're a fan of stand-up, so I, I, I'm sure you would appreciate that at the very least. Um,
1: it, I think that having Chris Rock as the the narrator, for for lack of a better term, and having him show up so frequently mm-hmm. and never comment on any of the insane shit that is being portrayed by the samples right. or the, the background or any of the other kind of spoken word sections, mm-hmm. I think that does a lot... To set up that the album is not really taking itself that seriously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unless that's not the case, in which case misread that horribly. Yeah, no, I don't. But that was kind of you know. So when we, when you get into like the the weird like I forget what song it is that's almost like you got to have a little bit of science and a little bit of hate or whatever. Yeah. The you know it 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 prevents it from being pulled into like is Buster Rhymes a fucking anti-vaxxer and right. it kind of keeps it more of just. Kind of, uh, I, I, not, not not to not to like you know I hate to, to use the word but it's funny but you know it, it keeps it more in the realm of like thug shit fuck everything right. and less less tinfoil hat we are and more the just like
0: Aris- Israelite type thing,
1: like right? That. And it keeps it more in the realm of just like nothing matters but how sick Buster Rhymes is, right, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's got a lot of that '90s panache to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and so I think so. First of all, I think that. Buster Rhymes, because of just the theater that he's in, probably in his life, in terms of like the the, the company he keeps professionally, like you have an ins- like the features on this track is are, are pretty nuts, right? You have you know Rock him, you have uh, old yeah, dirty so Bass. Let, let me go
1: through and yeah. the, so the features that I recognized before I got into it were were Rock him. Not that I'm super familiar with Rakim, mm-hmm. but I just I'm aware of his influence. Um, <laughs> fucking Minister Farrakhan, right? Which <laughs> which is that a, is that actually a feature or is that like a pre-existing clip?
0: I think it was. I think they put it as a feature because that it's like unedited. Yeah, it's like an like, interlude with like a. Uh, uh, but,
1: it was, but it wasn't yeah. like it was recorded for this. No, <laughs> like, no, 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 no.
0: I don't think. Yeah. So. Um, I don't think. You got the od- <laughs> I don't think Buster Rhymes called up Louis Farrakhan. Right, so I was like, it was Jesus like Jesus Christ. So. Hey, man, you
1: got a uh, ODB, yep. Rick Ross, Q-tip. Anderson Park, Miss Q Tip. I don't know Q Tip. Different.
0: Okay, so anyway, Anderson Pack, Rick Ross,
1: Anderson Park. Is it Parker Pack? Pack, Pack, Pac. Anderson Pack. Um, and then Kendrick were the only features that I.
0: How about I Mariah Carey? Here's here's an interesting thing. Mariah Carey's... Yeah, not Mariah
1: because- Carey I recognize, but I was not stoked about it.
0: So, I think a lot of people, especially maybe who aren't into hip-hop, think Mariah Carey and they think the Christmas song, you know.
1: but well, I mean, I'm familiar with Mariah Carey's actual, like, her actual singing, but well, I just...
0: Okay, yeah. go ahead.
1: I don't, I don't know, it just it, not my thing, doesn't do anything for me, it's very 90s pop. Yeah. Yeah, so that's. I don't. I I and to me, she hasn't done anything that was that I have heard that is. um, (sighs) Okay, like she she doesn't have an album like that one Beyonce album that's Mm -hmm. real weird and artsy. Mm -hmm. That kind of even though I also am not the biggest Beyonce fan. Mm -hmm. um, Fucking what is that album called? Yeah, Yeah, like like Beyonce has that that Lemonade Mm -hmm. album that was like more out there and different. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mariah Carey has that. Mm-hmm. So for Marie, for me, like Mariah Carey is just like she got the the, the pop hits, mm-hmm. and she can hit really high whistle tones, and that's like about it. She you
0: know? uh, she's relevant because of how it's kind of in the same company of of old, like older crowd, like kind of like you would say like the OGs of hip hop, right? Like all of yeah. these people are not you know you don't see a Uzi feature on this album you don't see like any of the new wave like
1: right the newest you're going to get is, Kendrick. is anderson and kendra
0: yeah, which for obvious are reasons, not yeah they're not yeah the obvious reasons and
1: they're also not that young
0: mariah carey famously was paired with nick cannon and i would say that nick cannon is in a very similar spot as busta rhymes in terms of the longevity and kind of like they've kind of You could compare their ride together through that time period. You know what I mean? I thought
1: thought it was fuck Nick Cannon. I thought thought we didn't like Nick Cannon Well,
0: I mean, Nick Cannon... The reason you say you don't like Nick Cannon is because he got canceled for saying a bunch of stuff that was terrible about Jewish people and white people, which there's a feature of Louis Farrakhan, who he was quoting, on this album. Yeah. So, I mean, you know...
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of... there's a lot to unpack that we will not unpack. Yeah.
0: So anyway, that doesn't that doesn't mean that we can't judge it from the you know the thing. So I think third song third song being placed with its name and where it is in this album is a is a is kind of comical to me. The, the song is That's the one
1: about kicking someone in the gut and making them poop all over themselves, right? Yeah. That was the only lyric. That was the first thing that, that stuck out, and I was like, hey, Alright, fucking timestamp that real quick. Yeah.
0: It's called Strap Yourself Down, and I think it's the Perfect song title for like where if you were listening to this going in blind by the third yeah. thing, you're like, I need to strap in on this one, like, because this is out there. Um,
1: yeah, the uh, yeah, this is there's a lot going on in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I, had, I had some notes for this, and it was just like, yes, yeah, some just some weird, weird lyrics. You know, the kick yourself, I'll kick you in your gut, and make you want to do do, yeah, which you know, obviously. I don't think he wrote that and thought it was the dopest shit ever. It's obviously a joke, but, you know, it, it stuck out. And then um, I think this was the first one where, like, the beat kind of caught my attention, too. Mm-hmm. When you get into the, the second verse, I think the snare sample changes, and that was one of the things that I had wrote down, mm-hmm. um, was it had kind of, like, a, an interesting snare sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I don't, yeah.
0: There's a lot of, there's. I will admit, there's a lot of songs in this that are forgettable. Like you said before, with these artists that like do the one thing that they do very well. There's a lot of songs that they just kind of like slapstick into albums and they could have been there. They couldn't have been They're Just kind of filler. And then they shoot for the moon with a couple good songs. And I think that's very much the case on this one. I mean, I'm looking at the analytics on genius right now and the highest, the second highest analytic in this entire list is 11, uh, 11.2 thousand, uh, lookups, right? So yeah. To, by comparison, the Bring Me the Horizon one, we're talking, you know, the lowest one was like twenty six thousand lookups, for just for yeah. reference. Yeah. But then you then you get skyrocketed with the with the Kendrick Lamar feature to one hundred and twenty seven thousand lookups. Um,
2: right. And that's yeah. that's
0: probably because it came on to. I think it got put onto one of the the Spotify like workout playlists, or like maybe one of the like the hip hop heads or like gamer playlist type things, um, and I think that's right. how a lot of people got exposed to it. And anytime you put Ken, like right now, anytime you put Ken, Kendrick Lamar's name on something, it's bound to get views. Um, but just to speak about you know the 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 highest one other than that is eleven point two, and then there's some on here that are low enough that it doesn't get registered. Right. And so, you know,
1: and I think that. Yeah, the, those more or less line up with the ones. that I think the only thing that I, I uh, as far as you just look at like views,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think the only ones that I like more or less don't agree with, quote unquote, is I think best I. I was surprised best I can has this low amount of like mm-hmm. lyric checks as it does, and I'm amazed that oh no does not have that many because I did like right. those two songs quite a bit. Right. Those are probably my two favorite on the album. Yeah. Oh, correction. Be,
0: correction. The one with the Anderson Pack has twelve thousand, but. The point still
1: stands. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, um, so yeah, you think if about we going to keep it roughly, let's keep it roughly in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. Strap yourself down. I don't have a lot of comments on Czar or out of my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Extinction level event two, Wrath of God. So the, the the title track, but it's almost like an interview. That's the one where it's just like the beat with Louis Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. No comments, but I think it's hilarious that. The sample they got of Farrakhan speaking is like clipping hard as shit. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time, it's just like blowing out the mm-hmm. fucking levels. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I mean, I, I mean, not no disrespect to ODB or Rick Ross Q Tip, nothing really grabbed me in that whole little block mm-hmm. until we got to the Anderson Pack feature. I think. Um, I, I, did I jump over anything there? So
0: the only comment I wanted to make is that I think it's incredibly important, or, like, not in, important, but it's kind of like the, the fan service thing, like Easter eggs type of, type of thing, where the the, old, the ODB feature and the Q-tip feature kind of speak to this, like, this pedigree that Buster Rhymes has as one of the, like, you know, people always say, and, and I, I found myself repeating it, that Busta Rhymes is almost critically underrated for his lyricism. Um, and, you know, when you think about the, the greatest lyricists in um, hip-hop history, you, you think, you know, obviously you think of, like, Eminem, but you also think of Nas. Um, you also think of MF Doom. You think of, like, all these people that, like, are standalones for, like, the like all these are, like, pr- like primo lyricists, right? Right, um, yeah. Maybe they don't have, like the be- like, they're not the most palatable, they're not the most, like, universally liked, but, like, you cannot deny their lyricism. But for some reason, Busta Rhymes, I think, just falls into that, like, sixth place. If you're talking about top five, he's, like, number six, you know? He, yeah. And I think that having him, like having these features, ODB and Q-Tip, on this album kind of speak to that a little bit. Um, because those are also extremely lyrical artists um, who are very, like, recognized by, the, you know, the snobs with their pinkies up who, like, you know, only listen to the most avant-garde lyrical stuff and, you know um, they would definitely be served as, you know, fan service for that because they're like, you know, um, so, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a lyrical, lyricist snob, but I kind of liked it, um, and I think it's worth talking about because that's one of the major appeals of this album, I think, um, so, anyway, moving on, um, did you like the Rick Ross song?
1: I liked it, um, I didn't... Have a lot of notes from it. Um, I think it just kind of.
0: The only reason I bring it up is because the the name is Master Fard, Muhammad. And uh, yeah, and and I and I just think Fard is a hilarious word. Um, <coughs> and I kind of like Rick Ross. Like I, I kind of like Ross, Rick Ross. He he's he's really chody, but I like him. So you know, the the big one I I circled on here to talk with you. Did you like the Anderson Pack song? I think it's yeah, I think it be yeah. You. I like
1: it. I like Anderson Pack's voice a lot.
0: I think well, first of all, I think you know this this we could make an entire episode about this, or like an entire we could talk for a whole hour about Anderson Pack. But I think Anderson Pack yeah. is like one of the most impressive artists making music today.
1: I don't know anything about him other than he's cool as shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's just he's just fucking cool. You're halfway
0: there, <laughs> but yes, I mean, uh, he was he was you know his his kind of. Performance typically is Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals. He, you know, he did a lot of work with them, and he is a drumming frontman for them. So you know, he's keeping oh, okay. beat with like you know. In, uh, he did a lot of stuff with Thundercat. I don't know if you've ever seen his Tiny Desk concert, but yeah, that's, it's sure. that's kind of like a d- good display of like what some of his like earlier stuff was before he got established and started working on other projects with other people. But the ability to be a drummer. Be a hip hop and R and B frontman while drumming, and also just m em- like absolutely shine like a sun of coolness, like just emanates coolness like it's dripping off of him, right? Yeah, is a balancing act that is like incredibly impressive to me
1: yeah I mean it's um
0: so this isn't necessarily a demonstration on this song, but this is just a sidebar about Anderson pack for a second
1: yeah. yeah I mean that i mean that that's the one of the songs of the feature where i think I think the feature gets the most time on that song mm-hmm. more or less, yeah outside of i think best I can with Rhapsody mm-hmm. yep um yeah, um, I liked oh no mm-hmm. quite a bit, uh no real comments It just you know it was the ones that made me stop and kind of look down at my phone mm-hmm. um. And then I, I really liked Best I Can.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. I just like I liked the, I don't know, I, I really liked the, the sample that is, you know, got the, the title in it, The Best I Can Sample. I don't know what that's from, but I like that kind of coming back in every time that that bleeds into the the lines that they're saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I really like kind of, I like so much that it's two perspectives. Mm-hmm. But with it being kind of a couple arguing about custody, or just kind of talking about raising their son, I love it. It's two perspectives, and it so easily could have panned back and forth, but it's two soliloquies, mm-hmm. kind of delivered to. I mean, you know, not to read too much, but the, you know, there's two soliloquies that were delivered within the vocal recording booth to no one,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to each other, like they're going back and forth. Right. So it's really kind of leaning into the communication issue being at the core of this relationship. Yeah. And it was kind of an interesting way to do it, that it's like they're, they, I mean, it's, it's literally not a conversation. It's just waiting for the other person to get done talking. So you can speak. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought that that kind of gave uh, an additional element to, to the actual lyrical content.
0: And I think this is a good, good time to talk about how him Busta in his in his lifetime right now. He is like an older hip hop guy. You know, he's not 17 18 like 19 50. right now. Yeah. Right. Like he is he's an old guy. He was like an OG of hip hop. He is going to be talking about things especially because he has an amazing ability to implement what he is feeling in his own life in, like into words and put it into a song. But so he's going to be talking about themes that are you know, he's not going to be talking a lot about, like, getting money and getting, like, chains and be, having clout and, you know, like... Going to right, he's talking
1: belt. about the Illuminati and science lying to <laughs> well, us.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just because he gets on Facebook too much. but Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and Stormfront. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he's kind of talking about stuff that a person who is listening to his music that's in a similar place would identify with. You know, like, and, and it's
1: hilarious because... This is a very, like, kind of introspective, personal album. Which I don't think is what hip-hop is usually known for in the popular scope. Mm-hmm. And we just got done with that Bring Me The Horizon album, which is very usually a uh, introspective band. And that album happened to be very boisterous, right. external, and and social commentary. Which is more what you would expect from a hip-hop album. Right. At, at the top 40 level.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I just... Uh... I, th- I think it's really, I, I, I did, like, after talking about it with you, I'm, I'm glad that you, you liked this song, and, and it wasn't one that you just, like, kind of it faded into the rest of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Mariah Carey, you said, you know, whistly. It's fine.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I don't think she was whistling on that song, but, you know, it's like you, you think about Mariah Carey and you just think about, like, um, her songs in the 90s, which just was, like, her trying to break fucking champagne glasses or whatever. Right um nothing i I liked deep thought no Mm -hmm. no real comments right sorry the young gods face is
0: just like a intro it's it's that's the intro
1: to look over your shoulder which look over your shoulder is really good and i like the kendrick feature but honestly i just was the entire time i just was thinking that whoever chopped that sample should get a fucking grammy off that alone
0: really yeah. Okay, I, I thought that commentary was going in a different direction. I thought you were going to say whoever chopped that sample should get fired, and you didn't say that, and I appreciate that. Because I thought yeah, what dude, they I, did with that sample yeah. was awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I just I just liked that it. it just kept it kept coming back, and it just was different every time. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is important when you're sampling fucking Michael Jackson, you know? Mm-hmm. I th- to not, because I feel like if you bring it back every time, and it's just like, the sample unedited, then it's like you're leaning too hard on on right. the existing work. It is
2: very po- with it is- being
1: such high profile, you know. But it's the fact that it's like chopped and used differently, and it's cut up, it's right. stuttered and panned and slowed down they, and gated and yeah. Yeah,
0: they, uh, like put enough effect on it and edit it, edit it, edit. It, edit it, I dude, I can't say those words. That's a big huh. like. This goes back to that fucking problem I have with like saying words. Um, edited, edited, edited. Edited it. Edited. Edited it. Um, e died e ed, died it. Um. Anyway, they did enough with it that somebody who didn't realize that that was Michael Jackson may like may not even like notice it. You know what I mean? Like they might not. not...
1: You could easily convince me that it was another one of the Jackson Five, right? You know,
0: right? Or even like, like I don't know. I think it's, especially if you're like a younger crowd, like if there's like a you know. 16-year-old listening to this album and he
1: Which is he, great cuz it's the song with Kendrick. Right.
0: And so, yeah. you know, uh, I thought this song was like remarkable. Yeah. Um, the
1: song's awesome.
0: It it, it it really floored me. And it, it, actually, this song is the is the the song that um, got me to listen to this album entirely because that was, it wasn't really a single, I, you know, is kind of at this point and Kendrick's at this point where Ke- Kendrick doesn't really need any publicity. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, fuck you. Here's an album. Right. And so like it kind of dropped, but it, it had that like every so often, especially with like big names like Kendrick Lamar, there's this, this theme of like this whole genre of YouTube. That's like rap react videos and channels. Oh,
1: yeah, there's a huge thing of that for, for heavy music, too.
0: And so that was one that you saw make the waves through that community of, like, you know, reacting to the Busta Rhymes, Kendrick Lamar. And for all intents and purposes, are all kind of the same. They're like, oh, this is good, you know, whatever. But right. I saw it from there, um, from that, like, one of the, the, the creators I follow on the YouTube channel, I saw that, listened to it on its own, was blown away by the song. I loved it and then i went and invested time to listen to the whole album which for better or for worse there was no other song on the album that really in- floored me as much but that's okay um i thought look over your shoulder was like an amazing um like a, a, amazing song to like drive in the morning to if that makes sense
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's got it's just got yeah it, it, it's got enough going on at any given time. It's not too upbeat, but there's, you know, it's not quite like the Mariah Carey song where it's too tuned down. I, I get what you're saying.
0: And yeah. That was definitely the standout for me. If you think, um, if you think about also his position, like I said, in hip hop, like look over your shoulder is a kind of an interesting thing to like, if you, if you imagine Kendrick Lamar saying, look over your shoulder or excuse me, Buster Rhymes telling Kendrick Lamar, look over your shoulder and then think about Kendrick Lamar telling someone else in, in hip hop today who's some of the new new age like trap music creating artists of yeah. today's scene it's kind of like an interesting like grandfather father child type dynamic like look over your shoulder look to your past like look who's still who look who's been there or who was there and who's been here this entire time and I think that it's a perfect analogy or like a metaphor for Busta's career because he's still here. He's still making music in 2020, and he's still – he's not trying to ride the wave. It's not like Busta Rhymes is releasing Amigo's copy out.
1: Yeah, you right, know. right.
0: but he's still here. Grandpa's still in his lane. He's still, you know, every once in a while, look over your shoulder, baby. But, you know, other than that, you do you. And so I, I think it's – and then, you know, and then you could get into the whole, like uh, – what kendrick does specifically with his wordplay on a very like if you really broke it down on this song i think it's insane like the oh yeah but yeah but just as a more concept like high level like more like what it this uh, symbolism of of what it represents i like it a lot um it's definitely one of those things where i would never like in my opinion never return to this album for any other song other than look over your shoulder and the um the one you mentioned um, best, uh, best, the I, best can. I can. Yeah.
1: And you, I think you with 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 Anderson packs. Probably another one I'll come back to, but. Yeah.
0: And then the rest yeah, of it kind of so, just fades out. I, I like yeah, the Mary I, J. Blige I, I don't, feature at the end. Yeah,
1: I on, I honestly think it should have ended with Young God and Look Over mm-hmm. Your Shoulder.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Buster Rhymes has a lot of respect for R&B. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the kind of. Mary J. Blige feature in that song. It seemed a little bit more like grounded to me. Um, yeah. That, that I, I think that was kind of like paying homage to that, or or maybe just his personal interest as an artist. Uh, maybe you know he made that song and didn't know exactly where to fit it into the song, into the album, and put it there. Um, I, I I would think it's a far stretch of the imagination to like kind of say that this album has like a coherent flow where every song's placement is important. I don't know if you thought so or not or disagree with me, but, like, you could you could shuffle this album.
1: Yeah, you, you can shuffle the album for sure.
0: Um, what do you think about Bring uh, Me the Horizons album? You think you could shuffle it?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think I mean, other than, obviously, like, um, Itch for the Cure that leads into Kingslayer, but other than that, I think you can shuffle it. I definitely think that it's stronger for opening with Dear Diary, but it, it just as easily could open with, with Ludens, it could open with Parasite Eve. Um, did you?
0: I, I do think it's yeah. Did you like Satanic?
1: Uh, I liked it. It didn't. It didn't um, stick out too much, other than like Chris Rock hanging out mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I like that too. Um, yeah, it, like you so, said, it's. It seemed like this album was. <laughs> it's twenty-two songs on this album, and it seemed like it was at least six more than it should have been.
1: Yeah. But yeah. that's okay.
0: I mean, you know, but, you know some it of these also hip-hop... been
1: a decade, so yeah, you, know, you get a pass.
0: Some yeah, some of these like hip hop old heads just crank out music. Like they just go like, fuck it, I'll put fifty on it. I don't give a shit. Like yeah. instead of like, you know, putting out eight, they just they just have a locomotive to the quality to them where they will just keep chugging. Like look at like if you wanna if you if you want a comical uh display of this Is that is it
1: Gucci, Gucci main, right? Yeah, that's what exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, Gucci Mane is uh, he's fucking hip hop's buckethead.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Buckethead's
1: Buckethead's a guitarist that put out like three hundred albums a year at one point.
0: Mm-hmm. It's um, ridiculous. It's interesting.
1: But, uh, any 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 closing? I would I honestly hilariously I was I was leaning on a six for this album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we're off at a at a good foot, but. Do you want to just discuss what we're going into I for would, next week, and then we'll I would have gone we'll wrap it up.
0: Just just one last footnote. I would have probably, yeah. personally, I probably probably would have gone a four for this album, personally. Uh, you you cut out. Oh, badly. oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was saying that personally, I would probably put this album at a four. So I'm I am yeah. I I'm surprised. I, f- that I think
1: a lot of it is a, it's a six because I went into it really not expecting to like it after the first couple songs. Mm-hmm okay I think the back half is way stronger and that's why like it ended strong so I kind of have, uh, it, yeah. it's sitting a little bit higher for me And it was also the first that, one that, we that, did that, that five six. I think I, it's, yeah
0: you know whatever
1: but but for next week you want to talk <laughs> yeah next week do you, do you have anything in mind?
0: uh you know I, I think I need to deliberate on it um, okay a well, little bit but I was thinking that we maybe I might take you into do you want to stay in rap? Do you mind if I have a little free reign to like give you recommendations? Oh, go on the
1: side? go nuts, and you can you can think about it. But I I was already kind of stewing on what I was gonna have you go into mm-hmm. for next week, so okay. I want to take a step back. I want to try to I want to I want to try to accomplish two things because okay. I think we had enough of a litmus test with, with Bring Me for heavy music in general. Mm-hmm. But I I a I want to try to get back to an album that is central to a lot of people's hearts within this scene. An album that is, you know, quote, you know, for lack of a better term, like a warp tour classic, mm-hmm. you know. And I also want to try to give you an album that has a lot more overt metalcore, you know, post hardcore parts to it. The Bring Me album was very chopped up, had a lot of other influences. I want to try to get you back to something that's more pure, but still has enough of a fun kind of poppy aspect to it. So I have some albums in mind. Are you, you trying to just dive straight into something that's got you know the? It, it's the ultimate epitome of the good good cop bad cop vocals. It's got super poppy, super light parts. It's got really heavy, hard hitting parts. It's an album that a lot of people like. It's an album that I know you've heard part of.
0: Let's do it. But I was,
1: I was gonna have you get into Homesick. Homesick. Okay. Have you have you actually heard Homesick front to back?
0: I don't think I have.
1: I know you've heard Mr. Highway. I think yeah. That's about it.
0: Yeah. No, I have not. I have not listened to the... Like, I think I've literally listened to... Let me look at the track list for a second. You
1: um, You've probably heard... If I had to guess, you've probably heard Downfall of Us All. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Highway. Um, and,
0: um... If It Means A Lot To You. Yeah. And I Made Of uh, Last Larry. Okay, yeah. That's it.
1: I, I think there's still enough there. And I think coming out of that one, it'll be a, it'll be a better idea of, of what direction we can take it. Yep and it'll kind of give you some context cuz that album's what 2009.
0: Yeah. I'm going to sink my teeth into some of the songs that I've never heard and see what I yeah. can get out of it.
1: Um you don't need to worry about the special edition that has nothing on it that I care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Just stick to the 12 track one, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, given I didn't I had a couple albums in mind that I I thought you uh, that I thought I would recommend, but given that you selected that one, I think I know which one I want to recommend to you. Okay. Because you said it was, uh, you said it was 2009, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna uh, recommend the Carter Three by Lil Wayne. Okay. Which is 2008. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, that's pretty much right. What I was looking for was I was, you know. Right. Lil Wayne, the Carter Three. You cannot get more eighth grade locker room than that. Right.
0: And, and it's some yeah. song – like, you've heard Lollipop. You've probably heard Mr. Carter, and you probably heard a Millie, maybe, right?
1: Yeah, right. I'm sure I've heard them. I don't know if I could think about them. Right. You know, off of my head. But.
0: Um, but you definitely haven't heard these other ones, if I had to guess. And, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, we'll get we'll, – That's there it is. We'll, I'll, I'll give that one. Okay, perfect. Yep. All righty.
1: All right. Well, 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 hey, we will we will reconvene in one week's time. And, and hopefully we'll have a pretty good idea of uh, of where to jump off from here. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right.
0: Sounds good.